All right, and we are going. Welcome to episode 10. This is episode 10. Nice round, easy number, easy to remember. We got Ryan and Will, uh, devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. Uh, Craig's in here. Everybody say hi to Craig. And special episode number 10, we've got a new guest. Uh, Kata, there's a longer way to say it, but I'll let you, uh, I'll let him tell you. Uh, Kata, what's hey. Up, <laughs> hey, man. Happy to be here. Which of, us, you, which of us is the devil and which is the angel? I was. I think we know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was leaving it to you guys to infer. I, I've got a bad feeling about that. <laughs> yeah, so Kata, congrats on uh, voice doxing yourself now. Yeah, welcome. People can, people can copy your voice just because you've spoken it out loud now, so that's that. I've actually used my voice before, but no one gave a fuck back then. So I guess. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got some clout. People are going to care a little bit. Oh, yeah. I have uh, 150 followers. Oh, my God. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We have a massive listenership. So this is a pretty big dox on your part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is big for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should leave then and disconnect right away. Well, it's a bit late for that. I mean, yeah. you've already committed. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, so, it'd be like a really serious honor if you got somebody to do like a deep fake on your voice. Like, I think that takes some effort. Like, obviously, they're doing it for like Jordan Peterson and Snoop Dogg and whoever else. But oh, yeah. I, want, yeah, I yeah. want somebody to like deep fake me saying something super offensive. You can do it yourself, though. Why yeah. would you? <laughs> <laughs> do they have, like, yeah. fake himself. I feel like our audience is a little bit more tech savvy than most, and I don't want to prompt them with something like, hey, you know, you've got all these audio files with all of our voices in them. That would make mm-hmm. great, uh, great input source for horrific deepfakes. I don't really want to prompt them like that, and I feel like we've just done that. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I think that we want to prompt them to do that so that we're already muddling the waters, and peop- we, then we can just always claim, like, uh, oh, deepfake for years. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, this has always been happening. Oh, yeah, if you just look, yeah. look back at this podcast, we actually incentivized this. I didn't say that at all. <laughs> some, remarks, uh, <laughs> some remarks that Will made on the last episode, I think, were deepfake. I don't think they were actually Definitely, real. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we don't have to go back to that. I got a few funny messages. I'm here for it. So, what are we talking about this week? What are we? What's the topics of discussion? Um, we got Kata here, so we should probably do some like Kata theme stuff. Um, yeah. He recently started a Substack. What was that? Like a month and a half ago or so. Quick shell. Uh, yeah, I think uh, October, like uh, the beginning of October. October? Yeah, I think. Or August. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Got to pull it up here, actually. Um, you want to give us, like, a TLDR on the, like, is there, like, a general idea that you're trying to, you're trying to convey with it? Um, what, what's oh, the, the purpose, the focus yeah. of it? Well, the purpose is that I'm not really, I don't really like writing and having these uh, little pieces sitting on my computer. So I need a place to upload them. Uh, so that's probably the most, uh, you know, the most accurate reason. But behind that, I guess it's a place where I can express some ideas that do not fit into uh, Twitter mm-hmm. and eventually build, uh, you know, a small library with, um, with themes and narratives that I can go back and, uh, you know, look back and find how I progressed in terms of thinking and in terms of values and beliefs. That's about it. I do not have a, a purpose. Yeah, and you call it, it's because uh, no one else is showing here, it's writtenbyhuman.substack.com. Yep. Uh, yeah. what, what do you call it written by human? Uh, because I think one a guy on Twitter was telling how in a few years, you know, AI will be so much powerful and it will create blogs that will be written by an artificial intelligence and, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But, and I thought that there should be, you know, like a blue tick that says written by human in order to differentiate humans from robots in a way. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's how I came up with it. I think, I think my I think my favorite one uh, that you've written so far is the one on coffee. You, you remember that one? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, coffee and entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, mm-hmm. The the opening paragraph is is really really good. I pulled I pulled it up here for the sake of the show. Uh, it's like, do you really need ten years of experience to make a double espresso? Uh, and it goes on to talk about how yeah, like how like there's like a it's no longer just coffee. It's like coffee culture, and that's the way that's the way a lot of things went. And it's probably the internet probably has something to do with that, right? Because like you no longer just really like something, you become like part of like a weird community that talks about it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all uh, so the coffee, the coffee story was, you know, you know, based in real on real life because a lot of people in in Greece specifically go ahead and uh, take take these weird seminars and classes in order to take to receive fake certificates that. For some reason, make them more desirable to work in a coffee shop and get paid uh, 600 euros uh, a month, and you know that's a little uh, a paradox. Yeah, it's it's weird because like I, you come across this sometimes when you do like a little bit of research into like you want to buy a product. Like I remember when I uh, when I bought like a keyboard. Uh, for my computer like I just got a new computer and I wanted to buy a keyboard and I was like oh I wonder what good keyboards are and I found like a keyboard subreddit and it was filled with <laughs> it was it's, yeah. it's like an enthusiast for keyboards I'm like I don't know what there is to to really like dig into here but these guys come on they log on and every day they talk about keyboards with each other it like you're yeah. no longer buying a keyboard you're engaging in keyboard culture now how, how yeah. isn't that interesting I, I, I don't know yeah. what that says but it says something well, Ryan, I, I remember, I don't know when I got on this, but I randomly found that you could, like the, the QWERTY keyboard, like how our keyboards are regularly set up is like less efficient. Oh, yeah. And I started looking at the other ones and almost learning them. And I found all these weird forums where like people would retrofit their computers and change the keys so that they're like, yeah, this is the more efficient way to have everything set up on your keyboard. Yeah, And uh, it was wild. And just so similar to that, like there's even sub keyboard cultures. There is keyboard typewriter and then there's like the movement of the keyboard yeah it's crazy (laughs) and it's almost how everything turns into the equivalent of a political position whereas like 50 years ago people would be like or in the last few hundred years like you think about when you read books like you uh whatever even fiction or non-fiction you would almost see like oh there are these like sort of different religious beliefs that would break everyone down no matter where you were it's like oh like he's this he's this Mm -hmm. and then there's oh like and he identifies with this political group and now it's like, wait, your keyboards are a political position or like using Kindle versus hardcover is a political position. Like it's radiated out in the most interesting way. Yeah, I yeah. think the reason I like this one so much is because I have like a, a huge fascination with these weird subcultures. Like I, me- I remember when I found that keyboard subreddit, I, just, I was like reading about keyboards and like their thoughts and their arguments on keyboards for ages. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know why. But whenever I find like a weird subreddit like that or like a Discord server where people are all... uh they're all like crowding around this very this thing that's like a complete afterthought to ninety nine point nine percent of people. I don't know why. <laughs> I I just stay there and I, and I read it for a long time. And I'm like, why do you think that is? Like, what? Why is that so? Is it just the internet allowed uh, allowed extremely niche things to actually cluster and you, where you can talk about it now? Did this behavior always exist and it just never had an outlet before? What would these people be doing in the past? Oh, do you want me to answer that? I was just feeling it generally. I was just like uh, okay. answering a bunch of questions. Yeah. You guys can do what you want with that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, my my main point was that uh, something that's very that has a specific purpose, a very specific utility, like a keyboard, for example, uh, shouldn't really have uh, so many uh, different layers on top of it. And my opinion is that the reason it has so many layers is because the market is so oversaturated with uh, products that you have to create a sort of abstract uh, symbol of the product in order to market it in different, more unique ways. Yeah. So that make people where associate it themselves with your brand. Yeah, but that's a good example. Yeah, and it, coffee culture is probably like one of the easiest ways to see this because, I, like, as you yeah. pointed out in your piece, it's like um, 
a lot of time people are like oh you know what's your standard starbucks order your coffee order right and it, it feels weird to just be like oh yeah it's like you know an americano or a latte because there's so many like weirdly divergent options now like you're you got stuff it's literally layered on top of the coffee in the way that you were talking about conceptually like layering things on top of what keyboard to get but in the coffee it's like it's literal it's it's you can see the layers on top of it and yeah and it's it's like that for so many things now. It, it's like a weird side effect of the internet that I bet no one predicted. Yeah, I, yeah. I like to think that the, I don't know, the underlying force in our psyche that's kind of responsible for this, it's probably always been there. Like, we are like a very tribal species. We like our in-group preferences. And... Um, some in-group preferences, um, just due to like political climates now or whatever, the ones that people traditionally gravitate towards, gravitate towards like nationality or religion or whatever, um, they're getting a little played out and in some cases just a little too heavy for some people. Uh, but if you can like kind of fight with somebody over like the best keyboard layout or you know how long to pull an espresso shot or something else, um, it you get to satisfy that same itch, but it's, mm. it's a much lower stakes way of doing it. And it, it's not going to stress people out so much as like foreign policy or whatever it is people are crying about right now. This reminds well, me of when like one of the big entrepreneurship kicks uh, was like niche websites. Do you remember that? Like yeah. where like one of the big, maybe it was like pre-dropshipping era when there were like, you should write a oh, niche like website and pull in Affiliate marketing? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, it, yeah. and it occurred to me that like that, that only works because of the phenomenon we're talking about, right? It's like these, these little things that no one would ever usually engage with, but like a, a select group of people heavily, heavily do. Yeah, they, like they need somebody else or like uh, an outside group or community to like pick their identity for them. So like uh, if you don't have a whole lot going on in your life, um, maybe if you get into like a super niche like brand of salt lamps and you find a website that just has like blog posts on blog posts about all the different kinds, and different colors and shades and what they mean. And uh, I don't know, their mineral contents. I, I haven't looked too much into them, but. Uh, it, that can give you like a sense of who you are now because now you have your preferences within this like a, a given framework and community part of me wonders like is it weirder to be in like a keyboard uh enthusiast community than it is to be like in any of the subgroups that we've interacted with uh online i, I i'm not sure if it is right like are, are they innately like stranger and making a worse decision than us or is everyone just engaging in some weird subculture but it doesn't seem weird to them from the inside well i think the yeah i think the yeah okay i think the uh you're buying into a different lifestyle too so every time you buy a very unique product uh i noticed it when i was trying to buy uh, a drum kit and i you know i i found a few electronic drum kits and after a while i started seeing on youtube daily life in the day of a drummer or yeah. you know one week in the mm. day of a drummer and i realized you know it creates a different lifestyle for these professional hobbies now in a way mm -hmm. yeah and i think from a marketing standpoint it all comes down to way of life like people want to protect their way of life want to even spread their way of life more and then don't like being attacked for their way of life. So like what you're saying about professional drummer or like about coffee or anything like that, it's that people, A, want to just be able to exist in whatever way and like keep living their life. But then they also almost want to be able to spread it a bit or talk about it a bit or be open about it. And I notice that a lot, like I don't drink coffee and I always notice that people get really almost irritated by that. They're like, oh, do you want any? I'm like, no, I'm fine, thanks, I, I don't need any. And they're like, well, and they ask all these questions. Like I just like insulted their mother and it's very, it's just funny to notice as like it's it's this thing we have where we're like oh are my way of life like other people would enjoy it like do you want to learn more about my way of life yeah i, I remember when i was buying like a coffee grinder or something a couple of years ago and like what should have been a very simple purchase was like i found i stumbled onto one of these groups and all of a sudden i was like oh Matt, damn i didn't realize i was absolutely fucked if i picked this type of grinder like this <laughs> it's it's yeah. fucking over for me if I, pick for. This, if I pick this grinder it's like the retards grinder no, no one picks yeah. this it's, I, I could have so easily just stumbled across on amazon and not knowing but like in reality it w would literally never have mattered you know like these people are just they're probably spinning up their own myths about like uh, the granularity and the impact on flavor. I, I don't, it's never going to affect me, but I found myself getting caught up in it. 
Particle size yeah. is important. Don't discount it. I, if you say so, man. I, I don't know. It, it's interesting how there's like, um, I don't know, tangential signals and cues that go along with the different cultures too. Like, uh, like coffee, like you've got like your particular coffee order and um, you probably like favor coffees from a certain region or with certain flavor profiles or whatever. And those all make sense given the context of the community. Like it's all coffee centric. So it makes sense that you have your preferences in that regard. But it, it's, it's sort of funny that like um, people who are also in coffee communities like gravitate heavily towards like um, thin mustaches and um, man buns and like flannels and yeah. um, like hey. glasses and like <laughs> living in certain parts of like cities and countries or whatever else like uh, yeah. your preferences aren't they're not constrained to like any like sensible parameter like the, the communities develop I don't know extra things outside of what would make sense yeah yeah and, and i'm trying to like look at like my own like subculture stuff you know like i get extremely granular about about some stuff like the subcultures i'm in like crypto and algo trading i get extremely yeah. granular and very like you know this shit is very important if you don't do this you are actually fucked but in my head i'm like well that's true though that, like this is a subject that deserves depth and like you need mm -hmm. to go into it because it's very complex thing matters no i know but like <laughs> i wonder if that's how the keyboard people look at me it's like this look at these look at these fucking the, the difference is that you are actually doing it for a living. That's the difference. If yeah. you are someone who is a professional, you know, coffee, I don't know, coffee expert, whatever, uh, these things matter. But if you are doing it as a hobby, like, what the fuck? Why do you yeah. care? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. No, I, I have actually, like, been into, like, the coffee soul subculture pretty heavily. It's... Um, it, it's harder to rationalize than something like crypto when you're like making a lot of money or like building what could be the future of our, you know, financial and technological infrastructures. Um, it, it, it's kind of, crypto is kind of an easy, like super niche thing to justify to like yourself and sometimes to others too. Um, it really just comes down to like preferences. Like you, they kind of like place an over importance on how good coffee is supposed to taste. Like they, they almost become like above drinking like Folgers or like something super basic at Starbucks or something or another. Yeah. Um, they, they've just focused on it so much that their brain has kind of like backfilled the importance of it. And th they kind of assume everybody should live this way. Otherwise they're kind of less than or unrefined or are of poor taste or something to that effect. Yeah, it goes uh, beyond the utility of coffee. That's the, mm -hmm. the main thing. Um, it, it is kind of funny. You'll notice um, these weird little niche groups um, usually, um, not, I don't want to say always, but very oftentimes form around drugs. Like coffee has them. Yeah. Um, they're like super, super snobby, like the tobacco guys. Um, most like liquors have them. Beer has it. Um, weed's starting to develop a culture around this. Um, I've seen it in the math crowd too. <laughs> I, I was going to like let that be the caveat just because it's so underground. I don't know. And maybe just so addictive that the people don't care so much. Yeah. But like status hasn't been like associated with what kind of heroin you consume so much. In the, at least not to yeah. the same extent that. That being said, I've never rolled with those crowds, so I, I couldn't say. Maybe someone can inform me about, <laughs> like, w what I have to, what I've got to be, like, injecting to not be an absolute pleb. Well, I would... Yeah. You go, you go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would add that there is also, uh, you mentioned, like, drugs, and there is also the, the ritual behind the uh, drinking coffee and doing drugs and smoking. And mm -hmm. that's also something that draws people in beyond, you know, drinking coffee. You have prepare, you have to prepare coffee and you have to mm -hmm. smell coffee and hear coffee. And, you know, it becomes all of this that was a a big, big thing. experience. Yeah, yeah. Which is why drugs are very addictive. Uh, not that's the only reason, but meth addicts will tell you that it's very addicting to go ahead and buy methamphetamine and go to your home and, you know, light it up and smoke beyond the effect of smoking is the very experience of the danger the risk associated with associated with uh, smoking meth yeah i noticed i know some people try and like um use like try and create like a replacement ritual 
when they're trying to like kick habits and addictions like people are trying to quit like smoking tobacco for example they'll like um start like snacking on jelly beans or something it's just like that quick easy like hand to mouth motion that they're trying to like recreate to kind of recreate the the neurochemical experience with smoking um and like because jelly beans offer some tangential dopaminergic hit um that yeah. kind of backfills what what smoking what you lose when you yeah. stop smoking yeah it fulfills the, the pavlovian uh, yeah. reflex yeah mm-hmm. I see what you're saying there, but I don't know why I'm just picturing someone from like self improvement Twitter trying to like be like, oh man, you've got to read like if you want to get off of meth, you got to read Atomic Habits. Like this is going to change you. We <laughs> <laughs> start passing those copies of that out at like uh, rehab clinics or something. Yeah, the methadone clinics. <laughs> so bad. Who's who's the angel and who's the devil? I think we know now. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about religion as a technology. Uh, Kata, can you give like the brief thesis on that? Oh my god, that's a big one, right? Uh, it was actually, it, yeah, yeah, it, and it was the most difficult to write because, to be fair, I'm not sure I, I even agree with everything I wrote, but you know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the yeah, exactly. Uh, the basic premise is that uh, there is a, an underlying mechanism behind all religions, and whether it is in the operational rituals or the more secular uh, way they self-organize, it remains a constant throughout the years. So every time you do not have a theistic religion, you have a secular religion. And that's in our society, that's the corporation and our government and other secular entities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the mechanism that you talked about, you mentioned at first. You mean that's like a like a psychological mechanism? Like there's something in us that makes us want to gravitate toward some kind of like divine spiritual structure. Um, yeah, and uh, there's also the very the techniques and the uh, you know how the priests and how other uh, religious leaders used to to talk about religion. And I mean, for example, the the rituals in the Christian denomination mm-hmm. are very similar to uh, uh, rituals in more pagan-like religions. So that's a, a common, uh, you know, uh, mechanism behind behind both. Oh, like they'll like dedicate a quote like holy man. Like all religions kind of have like their shaman, oh. even if they um, like call it a different yeah, thing. And, yeah, and they also have the way to to create. Uh, blood out of wine and create body out of bread and this kind of uh, dynamic that we see in the communion for example that's very common i didn't catch that is that a reoccurring thing do a lot of religions have something like yeah that? yeah 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 it is actually yeah I, uh, I mean if you visit uh, a church you will see an altar on your left side uh, a cup on your right a staff and that's mm-hmm. practically all rituals in the world ever Really? Yeah, uh, probably, you know, there are uh, exceptions, but... Yeah, different little variations here and there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there is something kind of, like, mythologized um, about eating in particular. Um, A lot of, like, spiritual association there. Um. What do you see as, like, the future for religion right now? Because it's kind of, like, in this weird uh, transition period, isn't it? Um, Yeah, I think it's really hard to to answer it right now because we're in the middle of a big transitional period. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to. I've tried in in the in the actual post to to answer it, but the way I see it is that we are going to see uh, a return without the V. You know, a common return (laughs) to the more uh, traditional. historically accurate religions and not the post-enlightenment secular uh, logos religion. What do you mean the more historically accurate religions? Yeah, like, okay, for example, the... I was trying to think what's the purpose of communion, for example, a a very common ritual, and um, 
if I look at, uh, if I compare it to a ritual in the prehistoric times, that would be to guide someone from being uh, an outsider to becoming an initiate in the community of the church. But nowadays, the church is accepting everyone. And uh, that creates the problem that there are no, um, there are no psychological transformations occurring because we've mm. lost the meaning of the rituals. The rituals used to have more than a symbolic uh, uh, function. Do you guys follow K-pop fandoms? Not at all. No, I'm not curious where this is going. Uh, Do they have ritual initiation rituals? I don't know what made me think of that. I think it's connected. You guys must have seen them, right? You must have seen the. You've seen these the people, though, right? The, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you've mm-hmm. seen them. You've seen them online. They make their presence known, right? You, you know, like the like the rough the rough idea of what they did, right? Yeah, I dated yeah, a girl that yeah. was like super into BTS. Yeah, yeah, BTS. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, I I often think of things like K-pop fandom when I think of like the weird religious transition period we're in right now. I don't think anything like that. Could possibly exist in a time where like religion was functioning as it has throughout most of like humanity um i think it i think something like k-pop fandom and other uh maybe less insulting analogs to religion are are definitely they're definitely filling that like god-shaped hole in people uh like the, the way these people talk about uh like their idols it is very religious it's very worshipy they have oh, yeah. rituals they have rituals like they and do. they they go to bat like against other tribes like they'll 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 pay sacrifice like they'll, they'll do all sorts of religious analogs um in ways that you really wouldn't expect or you, it's not the way you think about k-pop fandom but i i don't know what to describe k-pop fandoms as if you don't call them religious i'm really not sure mm-hmm. i think that's what yeah. i think of that uh i don't know where i don't know where i'm going with this Just say think about it though think about it yeah. Yeah, I think TikTok is somewhat the same thing, yeah, but yeah. more yeah, it's more decentralized in the sense that there are many many different communities. But you know, the seven second uh, rhythmical dance that everyone's doing—it's yeah. very, uh, very like religious in, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should not. Yeah. Yeah, I think something like K-pop fandom is like is the future of a lot of religious sort of fervor or like wherever that instinct is inside of us. I feel like a lot of people are. I feel like that's just the start. I I would I would go I would go long on K-pop fandom type behavior before uh, a lot of other type of religious behavior. I think. Is there because, like is is there has anyone like tried like an internet native religion? I like idea like literally just popped into my head, but like. Uh, all religions that people like big ones that people actively practice today they're like predate or predate the internet by a significant period and they're usually formed in like localized like regional communities and then kind of spread out from there but like what if there was just like a mutual circle that just I mean, like we know of all... many right we, we know we know of many it, QAnon is an internet religion yeah has, has anyone tried one that is like inherently like explicitly um I, I guess Q does get like inherently like explicitly spiritual in some places. But... Q- QAnon is definitely definitely a religion. I, I think it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's it's like it was like it's has anyone just tr- growing religion right now? It's it's huge. <laughs> has has anyone tried to create like an explicit religion? Like uh, yes, the, like the, there is a god. He has these attributes, or like oh. a, a pantheon of gods, or something like that. And like this is how they want you to live. I think the, the closest thing the, oh, for Kata. Oh, the spaghetti monster that that was oh, in yeah. uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But they are, you know, they they are ironic about it. They do not actually believe. I think. Yeah. Yeah, was it was just like pure, a pure irony, sort of. Yeah, it's like a Reddit thing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the reason why we wouldn't see an internet religion occur in the traditional way is that, like, a lot of re- people now are defined by, oh, I don't believe in this sort of crazy stuff and then they almost find their way into something else they believe in that's more they, they believe more grounded in reality like i guess you could say more based. like any sort of techno worship any sort of uh like the k-pop fandom stuff is like they're they're rejecting old idols and methods of worship for oh these people are here now and 
I have this different standard that they meet and that I now meet but to join this fandom. And now that is the my religion. Whereas for for what we're saying about like a new religion that is in tech that follows old ideas or old structures, you would say, yeah, like QAnon, Scient, uh, Scientology and stuff like that, like where they actually have a savior. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you're looking for like a savior type person in QAnon, it'd be a Q. In Scientology, it'd be, uh, was it Hubble? Who am, I, who am I thinking of? Tom Hanks. No, Tom Cruise, excuse me. Tom, Tom, well, no, but the guy that started it. I'm trying to remember yeah. the word. Uh, Hubbard, Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so it'd be stuff like that. Whereas now I can almost see something emerging around like what is Mark Zuckerberg trying to do with Meta? Is like in a way like he ends up being like the god of that, and that's oh. or that's at least, that was at least my perspective from that uh, book and movie Ready Player One is that the guy sort of became the god, and yeah. then he died and people had to re- almost go through his Bible and understand him in order to win like win the treasure and the prize. I think he sees himself more as like a Caesar figure than a god figure, and I think there probably is a difference between those two, right? Like there is a difference between uh, a leader and a god. There are going to yeah, be some god figures yeah. in the metaverse, though. That's going to yeah, be a definitely. Thing. I think Zuck is more like uh, more the farmer, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, though I would say that the that's the the symptom of not having a, a major major religion that you create mm-hmm. these pseudo structures that resemble a religion, but they do not always uh, share the same uh, results. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the the religions that did last, um, uh, probably any of the major Abrahamic religions, um, Hindu, Buddhism, um, I think there's like a certain element of Lindy to them. Like, I I think throughout history, there have been a lot of competing religions, like like locally warring factions, whatever else. And for whatever reason, the, the ones that ended up surviving were the ones that conferred the most, like, societal evolutionary benefit if that makes sense um that may be a case for them like continuing to last or maybe um the technological revolution the internet's just gonna like uh change the paradigm to such an extent that the the traits that made them lindy before are kind of obsolete Um, well i think yeah i agree and i think that christianity is very effective in Mm-hmm. adapting to the current uh, paradigm every time you know every hundred years it changes completely uh, well not completely but in a sense that it can change the way you know it can replace names and it can uh, assume uh, you know for example the pagan holidays and it can use them to its advantage to promote the, uh, its dogma yeah there's some fluidity mm-hmm. to it it, yeah, it adapts uh, to the culture that it that it's dominating. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. I know in um, uh, what's called generation theory, the right now, like everyone, we're in the the fourth turning right now, and that should last for in theory another like eight ten years. Um, then first turning, it's more like spring, like hey, we just made it out of like uh, the long fourth turning winter. Now everything's like kind of good, and so we're gonna like plant seeds and plan for the future, and things are gonna be optimistic and looking up. Um, second turning, um, in, in their book, they <clears throat> describe it as like a like a, a spiritual awakening. Um, it's a, like a spiritual crisis period almost where. Um, in the first turning, everyone's just kind of like blindly optimistic because things don't just suck as hard as they did in the last period. Um, but in the second turning, there's uh, there's like this, okay, every, everything's okay. We know things are okay. Now let's start like uh, kind of like a high, high level overview. Like what are we about? What are we looking for? Um, and from what they write in the book, this does tend to correlate strongly with times of like a mm. religious fundamentalist revival. Uh, if, if that makes sense, um, it, it tends to, this is usually where like a lot of advancements in like, uh, like psychology or like self-help or self-growth kind of grow. Um, <clears throat> I'm wondering how this is going to play out in the next one. Like, um, <clears throat> I, I could see like a, this schism, like, a almost like a, a, a Luddite versus accelerationist sort of schism, because by, by that point, the, this second turning won't be till shoot, like. 2040s, 2050s, something like that. So at, at that point, we'll probably have like 
pretty in-depth like metaverse ar vr integration um blockchain will just have eaten everything um everything's gonna be like super streamlined and efficient and technologically advanced but at the same time we might kind of lose ourselves as humans in a certain sense um I, I'm, I'm wondering how that might play out um once we get there how losing ourselves as humans might play out um what kind of cultural themes are gonna gonna emerge like what um, what kind of public arguments are going to be held about this? Like, uh, there are some people who are going to be like, no, let's just keep leading into the tech. It's been like making us great. Other people are going to be like, no, we're going to be returning into cyborgs. Um, we're losing like our spiritual side. We're, we're just kind of like merging with the machines. And a lot of people are going to fight that. Yeah. Um, by, I, by I that point, there being a, I can see there being like a big cultural schism there. Yeah, by that point, like conservatives will will be like, ah, you know, it's okay to, you know, machine modify your hands and your feet, but it's gone too far to do it in the head. I think we should take mm -hmm. a step back. And then, like every ten years, they're just gonna like you're yeah. gonna look at them. Shift. It's gonna be slightly. You do like a time lapse of them, and you're just gonna be slightly yeah. more machine modified until mm -hmm. uh, it's just a conservative algorithm in a hundred years in the future. It's it's, it's no longer yeah. recognizable at all. Um, so that's where I sort of I sort of do it. I sort of see it, you know, just like sort of dragging people along, you know, just kicking and screaming. And eventually, inevitable. eventually, it's, it happens so slowly you don't even notice. But you know, if you ever if you ever have the opportunity to look like 10, 20 years back, you'll be like, holy fuck, look at what happened. You know, like you know yeah. the process of aging. Yeah. You know where you don't really notice it happening, but you look at an old picture and it's like, whoa. I think yeah. it'll be like that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a losing strategy to not believe that it is ine inevitable. Yeah, you are, you're wasting time, but uh, you know, it's like uh, you know, I think it's a silly belief to to have that you will somehow uh, put a stop to this uh, to this advancement. Yeah. The best you can do is uh, use your influence to steer it towards the right direction and the, mm -hmm. how to use it. Choose it in a you know in a way that benefits society. Yeah, that's like a really interesting conversation all the time now. Like, because uh, a lot of the time when people talk about advancements like this, there's like there's secretly two conversations happening, but people think there's one. There's the uh, is it inevitable? It will it happen? And is it good that this is happening? And I think a lot of the time those wires get crossed for people. Where like the those that see it as inevitable often get confused for oh this is good this is good we're supporting this, um, and it's it's a really difficult thing to balance because if if you think it's like ninety nine percent inevitable, it's a little bit of a waste of time to be like oh this is this is bad we should be thinking about this because like what are you doing you're you're probably like wasting time and resources, whereas like what you actually want to be focusing on is uh, how best to thrive in the in those conditions because well, yeah yeah. Yeah. What I think about it is like the whole uh, artificial general intelligence debate. Debate where mm -hmm. where you have some people that believe like, oh, when this happens, like that the world is going to be over. Like, a, like if we have if we go basically from artificial Ryan, what's the term? Like not general attention, but like a or not general intelligence, but there's artificial just focused intelligence now. Or I'm I can't not remember. Sure. I'm not sure. Term for, like, right now, a lot of the artificial intelligence that's being developed is very use case uh, related. Where it's like, okay, it's only good for this. It's only good for this. Like, oh yeah, yeah. chess bot can't even beat me in Go type thing. Or like the yeah, yeah. like the bot that does this can't do this. Whereas if we have artificial general intelligence, which is which is excuse me a massive jump in terms of capabilities, that that will change everything. And that's where you see like Elon Musk. I think would be one of the like, biggest people coming out and then um i can't remember the other guy's name max like levchin or something there's, there's a few other academics that really go deep on this and talk about like what are we going to do and they're almost trying to prepare for this inevitable yeah. creating yeah. conditions that would be a softer landing in that oh we're protected yeah. from something like insane happening and like skynet going live and so yeah. even if these things are inevitable it's like how do we make it so we don't have any of those sort of like you could say biotech was inevitable but was it inevitable that we had like something like corona yeah. happen and, yeah, yeah exactly and yeah, they, like the yeah. big debate is like how much you control it how much you plan for this future and what ryan ident is identifying there is that you almost like if you're gonna have to talk about whether it's good and whether it's 
something that we should plan for, you almost have to get past the inevitable conversation. That's where a lot of people, like Ryan's saying, mix both of them and then end up less prepared than if we're like, okay, like, here's how I'm planning to raise my kids in a world where it's like really hard to just go to university and then you like you sort your life out afterwards and you're good to go. Like the traditional path is gone. It's better to plan than to put your head in the sand. I guess I yeah, could have just said yeah. the last sentence. AI. <laughs> AI, yeah, I think that's. I think you're actually dead on there. I think uh, AI safety oh, nice. is like a really, a really good uh, topic to frame this by, because uh, like obviously, obviously, some form of this artificial intelligence is inevitable. But you have a lot of people uh, wasting their time being like, oh, you know, maybe can we stop this? This doesn't seem good. I, I don't like the Twitter algorithm. Uh, but in in reality, what we should be focusing on is obviously this is happening, and how can we make it so that a generalized artificial intelligence actually has restrictions in place so that it's impossible for it or just extremely less likely for it to go corrupt go rogue and put humans in actual harm like that's the like we should be skipping ahead to that conversation because the existence of this thing is already inevitable yep yep i agree and but i think like if you you go yeah if you reframe uh, if you frame it to whether it's good or bad you're already losing the, the, yes. the biggest conversation is whether you can adapt fast enough for these advancements yeah 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 we're, we're stuck we're stuck like three steps like back in the conversation from where we should be like we're just like oh man this doesn't seem good right this is kind of bad maybe we should be like taking some steps back the way it's like well i mean you actually are fucked like you <laughs> like yeah. everyone, everyone's wasting their time in this conversation here uh yeah we need to be we need to be oriented towards uh what it's going to be like 10 20 years from now because I don't know. You're not stopping it. You're not stopping Zuck. You're definitely yeah, not definitely stopping him. Yeah, and the more you try, the more uh, brutal would be the slingshot uh, coming yeah. back to you. Uh, yeah. That every yeah. other uh, every other change that has happened in society had this uh, rebound effect that was usually catastrophic. Yeah, I, I think people often they, like they hole up in the uh, communities that are like sort of Luddite, Lindy, Trad, whatever you want to call it, bubbles, where you're like, oh man, it really feels like people are pushing back against it now. You know, it feels mm -hmm. like it feels like the tide's turning. I think, think what pe the people are going to reject this. And it's, <laughs> it's like you no. have no idea what you're living in. You have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of people like to hear this sort of take and it's like, oh, that's so doomer, that's so dystopian. I don't think it is. I, I think like the dystopian thing for me is to like bury your head in the sand, as Will says, and just be like, ah, do you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. We can just stop it. It, it won't happen oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, Magically. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, be, need to be pragmatic about it. You need to, to like stop having conversations three steps in the past. That's my, that's my take on it. Well, one thing is that because Ryan, like, you and I always have like the back and forth on Luddite stuff. And I'm like, you're actually... Like, it's the people that aren't conscious of this at all that are the least likely to resist it. Like, you are, in a way, like, you're, like, two minutes away from being like, you know what, like, this we should try and stop, or this we should try yeah. and change the path. Whereas when people aren't conscious of it, they're like, 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 the number of people that I talked to and, like, that whole, what was that movie? Like, Social Dilemma or something. The, there's, yeah, like, a yeah. documentary last year. And they're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I was like, yeah, we talked about this three years ago, and you thought I was an idiot for bringing it up. And now you care. It's like you're not even conscious of the forces until yeah. it's until it's clear enough that Netflix is shoving it down your throat. And then it's like, why is Netflix shoving it down your throat? It's because they yeah. have a different way they want to do things that's also probably not the best for you. And so it's one of those things like it's better to be conscious and even for this stuff, but like at least aware enough to be like, like we see this with crypto. Like some people are starting to be like, oh, here's where like we should self-regulate and here's where we should do this, than to just be completely opting out of it and like going along not really aware until it's way too late that's the the netflix thing is such a good segue to another topic that i think we've talked about kata in in the cypher discord a little bit about how like these massive like media conglomerates will will show you media that appears to run contrary to their aims but and like what effect that has like like how um heavy capitalist organizations will show you anti-capitalist content uh netflix will show you um they'll show you anti-social media content and a lot of people are sometimes left wondering like well, why, why are they doing that doesn't that run contrary to their aims uh i think we had a good discussion about that didn't we yeah yeah we i think we basically i think i basically said that uh, they're trying to simulate rebellion yeah. so it can satisfy your need for 
you know, uh, going against the tide. But at the end of the day, it's probably accomplishing the exact opposite thing. It uh, desensitizes you to whatever else they're going to, to do with yeah. uh, this with the power they have. Yeah, like uh, I don't know if you guys watched uh, the the new Bo Burnham special on Netflix. Um, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, but there's like a lot of like heavy anti-capitalist content, right? And like Netflix is like sharing this with glee, uh, of course. But it's like extremely content that goes totally against it. And it occurred to me that like it's what it really is is it's just trying to get people. Uh, it's trying to seduce people with like the aesthetics of anti-capitalism, with the aesthetics of rebellion. Um, in a way that like will literally never in a million years translate to any real world uh, impact and i think stuff like the social dilemma strikes me as fairly similar and it, it got me wondering like uh, exactly how much of our media and twitter and what we consume is just designed to get us seduced by the aesthetics of uh, of something exciting uh, without any real world change yeah it's almost like an energy release. Like get people riled up watching a documentary. Yeah. They talk about it a bit with whatever their friends, their kids, and then back to it. Whereas I guess it's just a way to blow off the steam of the whole uh, actual yeah. movement. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's, there's mirrors to this everywhere. You know, like I, I think, I don't think like the rise of like aesthetics types accounts are, are any sort of, uh, I don't think that's unrelated to that. I think people, people are extremely uh, sensitive to simulation now um to the point where like they'll like they'll, they'll take it over the real thing um or at least yeah. it, it'll be it'll be enough of a, a salve to satisfy them yeah it uh, it interrupts the energy associated with the act but it it transfers it to the vibe the feeling of uh, of mm -hmm. being you know of wearing the certain clothes or reading the these books and that yeah satisfies the, the need to to actually act against uh, whatever it is you're acting against. Yeah, yeah, and it it can bubble over, right? Like you can see it. The the, the QAnon is a good example of of that happening, but it actually in real life bubbling over to some. Well, I don't know if I'd call it real, but I you know people do actually gather in the real world. The they're so entranced by it, um, but like most of the time, that's not the case. It's just like uh, it's like a weird form of like emotional masturbation on the internet where you just you release this energy and uh and nothing changes yeah i think it, it takes a lot more than that to to you know to um to rebel in a meaningful way against the system it takes uh, more physical uh, presence and more physical acts like i'm talking about you know military <laughs> uh, yeah. interventions than uh, than just talking about it or you know wearing silly costumes yeah, conspiracy strikes me as like another uh, very fast-growing niche right now, which titillates people with like the idea that they're uncovering like arcane hidden knowledge. Um, like this is like serious shit. Like you, you're you're the discoverer here. This is like this is new. This is exciting. You're like go, the, the elites don't want you to know this, um, and and nothing changes. Like like the, that understanding uh, of the world doesn't change much. Uh, and it doesn't impact things very much. Yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy is very alluring right now. Like, yeah. the world's just so chaotic and there's no good way to make sense of any of it, right? Like, it doesn't matter what, like, political affiliation you're coming from. There's just so much information hitting everyone from so many different angles. It, you can't keep up with all of it. You can't make sense of all of it. Uh, facts are never straight. Um, like, <clears throat> we still don't have good answers to, like, very basic issues uh, on things surrounding like uh, military interventions, different places, COVID, um, economic issues that we're running into. Uh, the, uh, nobody's in the business of giving you like super straight answers. And so if somebody online can come in and just have all the answers, uh, there's just some big common thread, some panacea answer that'll uh, satisfy yeah. all of this. That's it. It's much easier to deal with psychologically. And so it's the thing that people are starting to gravitate towards very, very aggressively yeah like if you when you see chaos occurring when you see like mm -hmm. weird shit and the world doesn't make sense it's very nice to be like oh that's the elites making a ritual sacrifice by the way uh that's yeah. that's what that is that's that, concert 
<laughs> that, that's exactly what I was thinking about the Travis Scott concert. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> okay. Um, but it, even if it wasn't for that, like you know, you've seen those sort of takes about oh, yeah. about many yeah, many events. Um, it's much easier. It's much easier to live with. Uh, oh, you're in like a, an energetic battle with evil right now. This this is not yeah. just a month. This is not just Tuesday, by the way. You're you're on. You're in. You're making history right now. That's Did you feel the shift? Well, I... <laughs> aren't we now going back to the whole religion debate then like the, yeah. these are the way they're very similar to religions and the thing is that people are right to identify that there's always been weird stuff going on like we saw after like iraq wnds and things like that it's like there are like alternate narratives and things like that and there are some crazy ones being pushed right now in all these different directions like i thought it was wild to watch with uh like the virginia elections last week like Democrats being like, oh, this isn't a bad thing at all. And Republicans being like, we're going to wipe the floor with Democrats in 2022. And it's just amazing how so many, like the same event can be interpreted as all these different ways where it's like, I know like if something bad happens to me, I would generally like think that everyone would be like, yeah, that is a bad thing that happened to you. Whereas it seems almost like if something bad happens to me, there's like, oh no, this is why it's good for you. Oh no, this is why it's bad for you. Oh no, this is why it means this. Yeah. Like there's all these alternative modes of interpretation on the same events now and there's also just so much noise out there because I, I think i know the thread you're talking about with the uh the travis scott thing like there is a lot of weird stuff there like you can't argue that the guy's not just weird it doesn't mean that it's a ritual sacrifice but i was like like it isn't stuff that i think any of us would be like oh like i would want to spend time around this maybe it's the you best guys, way to say it. did you guys see that video where it looks like he just watches someone die and then he breaks into the robot yeah, is that real? I that, saw that. Yeah, that's How the craziest it? shit. It's like the it a surreal video. I like watched it on loop like a billion times. Like he just it looks like he watches her die and then he just breaks into the robot in time with a beat. And I'm like, hey. fuck. fuck <laughs> that's what I thought I saw. And so with things like that, like you don't have to buy into the whole I love how we got on conspiracy theories. This is what I was hoping for and <laughs> yes. everyone. But you don't have to buy into everything. But you can also just be like, I mean, this is weird. Like, that's even just a weird way to handle it. And I would just be like, oh, keep keep your eyes open for like, why why are we accepting this as normal? Like, and who is letting us accept this as normal? And like, who are the people that are in an emotional position where they're like, oh, like, I'm not freaked out by the fact that I was at a concert and watched someone die and the like, artist just did the robot. Like, what the fuck? I think like, like, what? everyone is freaked out, right? Like, it, it was like 10 people that died. I, I don't think anyone... Yeah, I, no, I no one... It was like I think ten or eight died, and like eleven more were like, cardiac, cardiac arrest. arrest. Yeah, yeah. Um, were hospitalized. I don't think anyone's really trying to present this as normal, though. I think pray like across mm -hmm. the board, even from like very normal people I've spoken to, are like, "Whoa, this is weird." I don't think, from what I've seen, there's no one pushing like a narrative of this is normal. By the way, this is this normalized. Is, this death is supposed to happen in Travis Scott concerts. You idiot. <laughs> I don't think anyone's pushing that. I That's think everyone. Why we go? <laughs> uh, yeah, the Travis Scott one was wild. That though, that was that was weird as hell. Uh, but yeah, the what? point is, you see, like, um, you see events like this, and you immediately see people from different subgroups be like, "Oh, this is our thing. This is uh, <laughs> our 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 uh, our narrative is the at the heart of this." Yeah, by the that's way, the one that explains it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm with you on. Yeah, I, although I think that I prefer to take a, a more mundane approach to these things. Like, I would think that whether it were, my first thought is, oh, he was on drugs, he was on cocaine. Yeah. That's my first reaction, right? And then I would try to dig a, a little bit deeper and find, uh, you know, uh, a more rational uh, explanation. But at the same time, I'm very wary of uh, monocausal interpretations of an event. Like, usually there are so many different things going on at one moment <clears throat> but you cannot really find one thing that explains everything yeah that's absolutely true and i feel like it's the big danger with all these very increasingly insular because the thing about internet communities is that uh they allow you to burrow in so, so deep in a way that was never yeah. possible before. Like in a way that before you used to have to interact with someone outside of your bubble, uh, just because it was the way reality and the physical world was organized. But now you can just, you can have, you can be like this recursive function that's just always doubling down because you're surrounded by other people that are always reaffirming it. So like, that's yeah. us. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, it's, modern sovereign. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it's, 
it's really weird. So like, I think that's why you see that, and it's why you see different people like uh, take a screenshot or something, saying like, "Oh, this is super weird, right?" But to everyone in there, it's like, "No, this is very clear what's happening right now." Um, and, and I, yeah, it's like the the two the two movies thing. Is it Scott Adams that said that? He's like, the people are watching two movies. Yeah. It's like that, but people are watching like a thousand movies simultaneously. And, and I think something there is just the idea that. Like, like the people I trust the most on this are like, you know what? It could be this or this or this or this. Like they're considering all of it and they're putting probabilities on it rather than like, well, this is definitely what happens. Because that's the people I trust the least when they're like, oh, look, this conspiracy theory has been debunked because of X. I'm like, well, that's not really true. And I trust you a lot more if you just said, like with the whole like COVID escape from a lab thing, like fact checkers said within a month, like impossible. And like fact checkers couldn't know that. They can say, oh, it's low probability. Yeah, or yeah. stuff like that like i just want people to start assigning probabilities to narratives and be like you know what like i assign a, a greater probability to this than this and this than this and you just start thinking about it that way that's way more digestible than like absolutist yeah. absolutely true so true yep yep and, uh, and i think that's why like, like i obviously have i think you guys obviously know this. Like, I have some crazy ones, but I'm like, oh, like probabilistically, like, yeah, I'm putting this much of a weight on it, but it's always weight on it. And I'm trying to think, like, like saying I think like a trader would not be uh, fair to traders, <laughs> but uh, like, the, I, putting probabilities on these things is the sign of actually being willing to admit maybe at one point that you were wrong or that, you know what, it's just part of that. Like, it can be like, yeah, like, like with a lot of conspiracy theories, is it laziness? Is it maliciousness? Is it retroactive ass covering and stuff like that? Like those are three different versions of the same actions. Yeah, I think that's completely right. I think lack of probabilistic thinking is at the heart of so much of this. So, so much. Everyone tweets with 100% certainty. Everyone's like, it is definitely this no matter what, which is like an insane way to think. I hope that's not the actual way they think and it's just the way they write. Oh, uh, it, it's it's insane though. Like the yeah. everything should just be everything is just a, a shifting probability. Like when you make statements and assertions like that, it has to be has to be linked to a probability. Like when you're a hundred percent certain of something, you're in such a crazy dangerous position. And I know I always go back to trading, but like it's like the perfect way to illustrate that. If you're a hundred percent on anything, you are you're never you've never been more vulnerable. You, you've you're never more set up to be absolutely fucked by reality than if you're a hundred percent um and I, yeah i really wish people would speak probabilistically a lot more and i know it's not wired in their brains too and they never will really but yeah i think uh thinking in absolutes is at the heart of so so many of these problems well one counter to the probabilistic thing is i don't even know how to say this is is almost like acting on faith and stuff like that is like i have a pretty good sense of like some very close friends of mine, I'm like, I can say with 100% certainty, they wouldn't fuck me over type thing. Yeah. And and stuff like that. I'm like, that's oh, yeah. probabilistic and that's going into faith. Or I said even like getting a feeling about someone. Like I had a yeah. feeling about my girlfriend when we first met. I had a feeling about this. And leaning into that, I'd be like, yeah, like this isn't based entirely on, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's no, two yeah, different it's, things. No, I, I totally get what you mean. Like, like this faith, uh, like just strong sense of what truth is and going based on that. But I guess it's like, to what level? No, I, I totally know what you mean. Like when I say I, I people should speak probabilistically, I don't mean that 100% don't exist. They obviously do. Like they, they exist all the time. And like uh, people, like when they actually feel 100% should feel comfortable saying 100%. But I want to hear 100% in comparison to the 90% you gave me yesterday. You know, yeah. like I, I, yeah, I. that's not to say that like certainties don't exist in there's definitely some things you should feel certain about and intuition could be really powerful. But uh, the problem is that people almost exclusively speak like that. Don't yeah. they? Like they, it's, 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 it's extremely like, I, I know people want to sound authoritative when they speak and when they write online, but I do worry that that's the way they actually think too. I think the more, yeah, the more um, away the subject they are thinking about is the more, uh, they are at risk of being wrong if they are 100% sure. But if you're talking about things that are in their immediate environment, then it makes much more sense to be confident in what yeah. they're saying because they would, uh, you know, they would trip over every time they would think about something, they would, you know, freeze because they cannot be certain. So it's a biological 
um, you know, encoded in their biology to think that way. But and because modern world has us uh, thinking about these grand uh, problems and grand uh, events, mm-hmm. we are forced to apply the same uh, principles. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Will said, of course you can be 100% certain that your mate's got your back, but like when you're entering like the geopolitics and you're like, yeah. oh, this is 100% going to happen, when there's like, there's, oh not even God, like a th- yeah. there's not even like a thousand variables for you to consider, there's like a, a billion variables on top of that that you don't even know that you have to consider. Mm-hmm. There are so yeah. many things that affect the outcome that you are talking with 100% certainty that you always look retarded when you talk like that yeah. about, about <laughs> anything, anything complex, like a geopolitical issue, or even something a thousand times less complex than that it's just that geopolitics tends to be for some reason what people huddle around yeah an event happens like in china and i, I see people half an hour later tweeting all oh, of this is why it happens like <laughs> man the, the event hasn't even you know, ended like why what are you talking about it's insane it's absolutely insane yeah. and i think the key there is being like you only get to spend one 100 percent assignment a month or a week or something like that whereas if you're saying everything in terms of 100 percent like you're devaluing its value with yourself and with yeah. other people. Yeah, there are some people when they say like this is this is it, it's going to happen. Mentally, I'm like, all right. I mean, that means literally nothing to me. I, I've seen what you call certain before. Like I've 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 checked out what what you what you refer to as an absolute, uh, and it forces you to just you have to know like have to keep tally for individuals and people like how they how they tend to use their language and what it actually means and how it how it's reflected in future outcomes because. Some people just have a horrific track record. Some have a pretty good track record, and it's annoying because it forces you to have to keep track of, of uh, how each individual uses their language. Um, in, this is, in this different is fairly, cases. yeah, this is yeah, exactly different cases too. This is fairly autistic, but I, I don't want to have to have a spreadsheet with everybody's name on it. <laughs> do you literally? No, I don't. <laughs> no. Well, I I do for uh, there's certain traders that I follow on Twitter that okay. I I keep track of their predictions. That's and, a pretty good idea. And how how accurate they are in terms of like, each individual market. So, but that actually has a use case. I I, I would. Hey, you're profiting I, from that. I would hesitate to call that yeah. non-autistic. <laughs> another another important yeah. thing for people to try is just instituting falsifiable hypotheses. Like uh, <clears throat> trading being a good example, like if you think you're about to hit like a run up, um, have like a, a floor play price that'll invalidate that. Like, hey, if you dip below this, what you thought was going to happen probably isn't going to happen and you need to, you know, get the heck out. Like, And you, you can kind of like create heuristic mental model stop losses like that as well. Like um, when like everyone was like going pretty hard on like Q stuff at the beginning of this year around like uh, the election and the new York, the inauguration and everything um uh, the, there was a lot of talk that like on the inauguration there was going to be like the the big military coup or whatever else um and that that was going to be like the storm that everyone every it's going to be obvious to everyone everyone's going to know that we're right now um it it you know, if, if you went up to that point and, and waited to see what happened and then saw that nothing happened and then said, OK, that invalidates my premise. We made this specific prediction that did not happen. So we were wrong about something somewhere and need to reassess. Um, that's like a respectable way to go about it, even if like you were missing some stuff for a while leading up to that point. But if if you're like coming out of the inauguration and you're still like no this is absolutely correct um we still know for with 100 certainty that the storm is coming um everyone who denies this is just absolutely blind and ignorant uh, that's where you're like really getting into trouble uh, that that's uh, and that that's where the, the the faulty thinking can can really get you into trouble long term but it's interesting how uh, you can be very confident about these uh, events but when it comes to your life, you take so many months to, to make a decision that 100%, you know, you're confident yeah. in your your abilities to make decisions about your life. But you're very, yeah. very sure about what what's happening in China, but you cannot really you know, make a decision about your work or your relationships. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. People love to, uh, they love to have like simple models for simplifying extremely complex things, but yeah. for the things... There's no risk extremely uh yeah it is, it's risk right it risk is at the heart of it absolutely um because you, like when you tweet like oh this this event in china means this you're risking like nothing how many people are going to go back and check it you maybe get one reply being like well this was wrong and it, it doesn't matter but you know with your own life when you can actually feel the downside when you can feel yeah. that you're risking something real so then you're like oh actually i'm not uh, i'm feeling a little bit unconfident about this uh, all of a sudden uh 
I, and it, yeah, it's just it's a mismatch between people's language and uh, and what they're actually risking. So yeah, that's a, that's a good way to uh, think about it. Like if people, if someone's risking nothing on on a prediction, uh, maybe pay a lot less attention to it. Two mm-hmm. yeah. word across the hour mark a few minutes ago. Anything? Anyone have uh, anything else trying to get at? Um, don't think so. Don't, I everyone should go check out some some k-pop communities there's some really interesting stuff going on over there learn some life lessons yeah okay. yeah if we'll do been, if you've been missing yeah. religion in your life all right um so right. one one last quick shill um hit up kind of substack written by human dot substack dot com um what's your what's your what's your handle on twitter oh okay uh and nadudromia <laughs> thank you um, yeah. we'll good luck that right. one guys good luck. We'll, we'll tag him on one of our posts we'll tag him oh. <laughs> uh, yeah written okay. by human.substack.com subscribe it's good chat uh, well what are the other what, what do we need to say five, um, reviews five stars yeah, five stars um, we have anywhere we can actually be reviewed so we're working well, on it write a five star review of us on twitter yeah, just say nice things about us on Twitter. That's great. Right. Yeah. Just send multiple star emojis and we're good. Don't be confined by what will allow you to write a review. You can write a review anywhere and show mm-hmm. us and yeah. we'll retweet it. Don't let big tech control you guys. Yeah. Honestly, just like get like a big whiteboard, um, write at Modern Sovereign, throw that up in like your nearest major met- metropolitan area. Um, yeah. Anything helps, really. You can do whatever you want. You can go all the way to FTX.com and you can input code Cipher, and it'll give you it'll give you a discount on your trading fees. Like they don't there want really you are, to know this. There are like, no limits. You can go crazy with this one, honestly. <laughs> all right. Um, that being said, uh, good chat with y'all. I'll see you in a week. Yeah, all right. Thanks good for chatting. Chat. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for coming, yeah. guys.